Hello and welcome to Head in the Game, a podcast all about Queen's GAA. My name's Connor Caldwell and this week on episode 5, we're really focusing on hurling and bringing you an interview that I recorded a few weeks back with Pat Ryan who is a Limerick man up coaching our senior hurlers this year in preparation for the Ryan Cup campaign 2019. So they have games against Athlone IT and they also play uh, Tralee IT next week in the second of two group games. Pat uh, is spending the year up in Ulster, uh, dedicating himself to improving hurling and camogie across the board, involved with Antrim Senior Camogie and also, of course, with, with our own hurlers, as well as getting involved with clubs whenever he can, getting out offering sessions to clubs around Belfast and indeed around Ulster. So really interesting chat with Pat there a few weeks back about his past as a Limerick development coach, working with clubs like Fedamore at the junior level in Limerick with Kerry Miners and winning uh, Munster titles with them a really dedicated hurling man a great deal and i'm sure you'd be interested to hear what he has to say about hurling not only in our own back door but all around ireland uh, a few results just to bring you so far from games played this week starting on monday just past our intermediate footballers took on uuj at the dub it was a very compelling match it was there for, for the whole game and uh, a team of some experienced Queen's players and some who were on their first outing this year actually for the college uh, played exceptionally well and when Niall Courtney slotted home a penalty midway through the second half it looked like we were on our way to the second round and a tie with St. Patstrom Condra but unfortunately we shipped a goal with about five minutes to go and ended up losing the game by a point some really outstanding performances particularly from the aforementioned Niall Courtney from Sean Halvey at Donegalman playing at centre forward Potty Meehan, who's been out most of the year with an injury, played very, very well at centre-back. Potty from Anwa from Scottstown and Monaghan, and as well from Owen Mulholland, who was the number two keeper all year and was, I remember from that interview last week with Shane Mulholland, was very, very close to being the, the starting keeper at Sigerson level this year. So a couple of real standout performances there, but unfortunately just on the reverse of a one-point defeat. So it's Jordanstown who'll go forward to play St. Patstrom Condra on Monday coming in the next round of that competition. On Wednesday, our Camogues had a, a tricky second half against IT Carlo on the arena. Unfortunately, they went down by uh, about 10 points in the end and they will play St. Patstrom Condra actually this coming Monday at the dub. The winners of that will survive in the Purcell for another year and the losers will be involved in a relegation playoff with old friends UUJ uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, in ladies football, a fantastic game again up on the academy pitch up the back there on Wednesday night. We played UUC, a really strong Korean side with a number of county players. Uh, and our intermediate team, our seconds team, battled very well throughout the game. Again, I think uh, winning towards the end of the first half, and there were very, very few scores in the second half. The final score was Queens 2-5, UUC 2-5, and we believe that was the first game that took place in the Gourmet Foods HEC Ladies Championships this year. That was in the Donaghy Cup. I think I read on Twitter earlier that there are 49 games left in competitive ladies football championship for the higher education council this year so nice to be involved in the first one and a, a real cracking game as i said the score taking from both sides was really exceptional uh, and a special word for murren mccraner who scored one of the best goals that you'll see at the dub all year rounding several defenders before rifling it to the roof of the net and the the sound of the ball hitting the back of the net was heard very firmly at the other end of the field i can tell you so that was a, a great moment for for murren and for the team so uh, a couple of games coming up 
ahead of us in that competition over the next few weeks and of course the O'Connor Cup getting underway next Wednesday so we'll be talking a bit more about that on the podcast at the start of next week just to preview that really exciting first game against the perennial favourites for the competition UCD and that'll be on the Dub Arena next Wednesday at 7. So that was all the competitive action on the Dub this week and I just want now to play this interview with Pat Ryan and I really hope you enjoy it. Okay, so joining me on the pod this week is Pat Ryan. He's a coach with our senior hurlers from Knockaney in Limerick, and he's just joined us uh, in anticipation for the Ryan Cup campaign. Pat, how are you finding Belfast so far? Um, Connor, how are you, Connor? Um, yeah, it's I suppose it was a big move for me, but um, settling in now, I found November, December a bit hard to, to get going, but it's getting there now and really developing a bond with the Queen hurlers and enjoying it, to be honest with you. Tell us a wee bit about your background down in Knockaney and uh, I suppose how you came to arrive in uh, Belfast? I suppose, look, hurling's my life. It's it's my passion in life. means an awful lot to me. Um, I suppose I was involved in the development squads in Limerick in 11 and 12, and I got transferred with Bank of Ireland down to Kerry, ended up with Kerry Miners. We won the Ireland and B title in 2013. Involved with Fedemore there a year or two ago, a junior club in Limerick, they won a, count, a divisional title, and my own club, a few county minor titles at my own club and senior league. So hurling's my life full stop. I love the game, and, you know, and... As I say, I, I love Limerick hurling, but um, I suppose, number one, I'm a hurling man, and I, I want to see hurling progress all over Ireland. And I suppose a big influence on me as a young lad in 1989 when Antrim had that big shock win over Offaly, it was just an iconic moment in hurling that I'd never forget. Um, I sat, my neighbours were in my house watching the match, and it was like Limerick won that day. And, uh, you know, to see Offaly giving them a standing ovation, the crowd in the stand giving them a standing ovation, and... You know, even after Ireland filing, the Antrim team stood in front of Hill 16 and to see that moment, you know, I love helping the underdog and Queens, I suppose, are underdogs. I'm involved with Antrim Camogie, they're underdogs, but I think there'd be great satisfaction if we work hard and achieve something. So I'm on a mission, really, and I'm determined to make it happen. Indeed. And so tell us a wee bit more about some of the teams that you've looked after in the past and some of the successes that you've had. Yeah, I suppose as I said there, I was involved with the development squads in Limerick, but um, I ended up being transferred to Kerry and we won the Ireland B title that year. So a great experience in Kerry ended up over Causeway and carried in the club down there with good success. And uh, my own club won two county minor titles, Senior Hurling League, and with Fedemore there in Limerick, a junior title there two years ago. So I suppose I've been deeply involved in the game and, um, you know, so I had a good bit of success, but um, hopefully that'll even improve more this year above North. So in Limerick Junior Hurling, um, tell us a little bit about how the competition works, what's the structure, and uh, what were the challenges that faced you when you came in to take over that particular team? Well, I suppose that particular team, um, Fedmore, they were a famous team in Limerick, um, famous senior hurling team years back, and um, the club, you know, had struggled. Um, they were finding it very hard to get numbers. When they ran me, they were being mocked on the internet that they couldn't win a match. And I went in there... And to be honest, I met some of the best hurling people I ever met. And to win that title with those lads is something I'll cherish for the rest of my life. It was only a junior title, but to them it was everything. It was about survival, you know, and um, it's something I'll take with me. I have the picture above my wall at home as a memory. Like I have the Kerry Minor picture as well. And hopefully I'd maybe have a Queens and Antrim picture up in the wall by the end of the year. Let's hope so. Just uh, to touch again on that, the Kerry Minor success that you had, what would be some of the specific challenges you would face in trying to get things going in Kerry in terms of hurling rather than maybe in your home county? Yeah, I suppose, look, that year, 
you're, it was very hard to um, pull players together. Club was number one. I remember our, the county champions at the time, um, they didn't want to train. They were doing the leaving cert, but I said, the other lads are doing it as well. So I said, you know what, I'll work away without them. And I played lads from Killarney and Kilmare, which wouldn't be major hurling strongholds. We mostly had an under-17 squad and um, we won the title. So it kind of laid a marker down there that, you know, it's about commitment at the end of the day. But I suppose one issue, I only really could get my hands on them maybe once, twice a week max. And when we won that title, they asked me down there, should we enter the A? But I said, it's not 11 playing field because Limerick might be training four nights a week where we've only access to one night a week. So just not 11 playing field. And I think some of the problems are like that up here as well. I suppose that's probably a, a wider cultural issue about the game in, in County Kerry. How do you begin to address that? Do you think it's possible to address that in traditional football counties and I suppose vice versa then for places like Kilkenny for the football? I suppose the thing is like, you know, Antrim, for example, they haven't seen too many Antrim teams do it in the past and you're there trying to tell them this is possible, but they've never seen this happen. They don't see many Antrim cap- captains walking up the Hogan stand or any uh, many Ulster hurling teams. So, you know, to try and instill that. But if it happened once, I think, you know, it would change massively. I see in Limerick, we were under a bit of pressure at Munster Rugby, but the fact Limerick won this year, every young kid and parent are pushing their young kids now to play hurling in Camogie, which is great. Fantastic. So I suppose the big question is, uh, why have you undertaken this great voyage up north and you've decided to give a year of your coaching life to uh, Hurland and Camogie in Antrim specifically, but I suppose also, also you, I think you were saying to me the other day that you're going out a bit more widely than that around Ulster to um, chat to coaches and to work with teams. So what has driven you to take this trip? Yeah, I suppose... Two years ago, I was with Bank of Ireland for 16 years and a voluntary package came up and I, I decided to take the package. And I said I'd take a year off coaching hurling and watching other coaches. And um, I suppose I sent my CV around Ireland and that. And Antrim Camogie ran me when I come up and I said, look, I happened to be bad work- working at the time, but I said I'd go up for one weekend. So I came up during the summer for a few weekends and I just got the craw for it and the passion. It just nagged me every day. I said, there's potential there, but I'm too far away and just... The start of November there, I handed in my notice of work and got a job in Ulster Bank up here. Be it madness or passion, we'll know at the end of the year. So um, that's the story there with that. I suppose what might drive you is, is uh, I suppose, looking at the, what talent is available in the squads and seeing that there's a big opportunity for development and improvement. Is that what has, what's been part of your motivation? Yeah, I love to see anyone playing hurling and see a lad improve and, and the great thing about Queens, I'm meeting lads from Armagh, I'm meeting lads from Tyrone, you know, Derry, Antrim, you know, it's like, I love that and see these lads and they're well able to hurl, but there's definitely a belief issue. But um, we had a meeting just, you know, before Christmas and we said, when we come back, we'll give it everything for one month. And that at the end of the day, we can look back and say, do you know what? We tried our best. And I bought in Saffir Dudley's strength and conditioning back up as well. So we've got a great spirit going. Yeah, are we up against it? Yes, but who knows? We'll give it everything for four weeks and with the help of God, we'll be in the right, come in with, with a few good results. And so how did this specific connection come about with Queen's? Yeah, I suppose um, I worked with Owen Kelly in the bank, um, Tipperary, and he knew I was coming up here. So he spoke to a friend of his, Mickey McCulloch there from Rasa, and uh, Mickey kind of mentioned it to Sean McGorty. So Sean ran me and I said, Sean, I'm not really going to come up till January. But then I said, if I can get a job in the bank, I'll come up earlier and give Queen's a hand. So I suppose it started a bit late with Queen's, but I got a job then in Ulster Bank in November. So that's how I ended up here. 
Great stuff. Um, so, I mean, do you see this as a, a, a longer stay for yourself here in the north, or is it a very much a year by year? Um, I suppose at the moment it's just a year because I suppose Limerick's my home at the end of the day, and you know, um, I suppose time will tell. Um, but like all I'm doing is living day by day. I, like, and the way I look is life is short, and just live for now, and make it happen for now. I don't really think much into the future, so that's that's the way I stand on it. So you've uh, mentioned earlier that you think the belief is a big issue for Ulster Hurling County. Certainly when I was growing up, it was very much in the shadow of that 1989 team and watching back the video recordings of the final. Um, and at that time, then I suppose Ulster County would have been going straight into the All-Ireland semifinals and later the All-Ireland quarterfinals. So there was that kind of national exposure um, in terms of young hurlers or young gales from the north seeing their kind of county representatives on the field in Crook Park. And that's something which has totally dissipated in recent years. Um, I mean, I suppose it's it's part of a wider um, decline of hurling across the north. What do you think are the big issues that we're facing here in terms of hurling development, and how can we go about tackling those? Um, I suppose. Look, I, just using Limerick's example, I suppose what happened was they got the school strong. You know, most teams now in Limerick are playing the Harty Cup. Even my old school, De La Salle and Hospital or John the Baptist now are playing Harty, and they never played Harty before. So then that came into the colleges. UL went well, Mary I went well, and suddenly it's easy for a county manager then, you know, you go look at those matches and you pick your players. I think more emphasis has to be put on secondary schools here and make Queens and Jordanstown so, so strong and, and other schools in Derry and Down, etc. I think that's the way to go. John Coyley is a policy. Play your college hurling. I'll go watch it and join us when you're finished it. So I think that's a great attitude to have. I was even reading Shems Flanagan's article, Limerick Hurler, yesterday, and he was saying that after, UC, after playing for UCD, there was Kylie in the stand coming in, shaking his hand after it. So I think that's the way to go, in my opinion. Excellent. So uh, just uh, about your native county, it was a big year for Limerick in 2018. Uh, obviously, you've mentioned that there was a certain amount of getting the structures right over the last number of years, and you were involved yourself in some of those development squads. What What is the the sort of short to medium term future for Limerick Hurling is are they going to be continuing to dine at the top table? I think so and I think the big thing this year look there was 19 clubs represented um, before in Limerick there could have been elements of politics involved you had to be from a certain club and I think the fact there was 19 clubs it didn't matter what club you were from if you were good enough you were going to be on it so my opinion is if you look at Antrim even for example don't tell me you can't get two or three good players from St. Gaul's two or three from Loch Eel, Sarsfields, etc. Bond those, get them bonded and unite. And there's no reason, that's what I'm trying to do with the Camogie and even here with Queen's Hurling, you know, their male lads, the Derry lads, down lads, etc. Pull together. These are the best days of their lives. You know, it's the first time in your life you're a professional hurler because you don't have to work. I'm telling them that. So I'm telling them embrace it. I won a Ryan Cup in 97 myself with Eddie Murphy and Tralee and it's something I cherish for the rest of my life and I, I want these lads to win that Ryan Cup I want to be part as a coach now Who would be some of the key players for Queens that you'd be looking to to um, I suppose spearhead our challenge for the Ryan Cup Yeah look I, I don't want to single out any too many players but you know Is that media training coming in there now? <laughs> no but like I think you know it'll, at the end of the day you can have all the skin in the world but why? what I want to do is create a spirit that they're winning to die for each other and that's what I want to do you know I think you know, it's hard for me to pick out anyone because at the moment they're all putting it in. It's just a matter of trying to get the right 15 because it's so hard to get them together between club, county, etc. But one thing, I will never blame the player. The player has been pulled and dragged everywhere. I'd never 
put pressure on a player to commit whatever I communicate with him and see what his story is. And once a player communicates, we, we're there to support him as a management instead of hounding a player. So I think that will we'll get respect for that, hopefully. Great stuff. Well, thanks for joining me on the pod and all the best for the Ryan Cup this year. And hopefully we'll have you back on in a couple of weeks to tell us about a tremendous uh, victory at the finals weekend. So uh, good luck for the next few weeks. That's great, Connor. So look, we'll go out and try our best. And I said, look, we'll enjoy it and give it our best shot and see where it takes us. So ta pod creelu everakuig janta inish. Thanks very much for listening to this fifth episode, fifth full episode of Head in the Game. Uh, hope you enjoyed that hurling chat with Pat Ryan. I'm sure you'll agree, uh, a really interesting character and someone who hopefully will bring a lot of success to the teams that he's working with in the North this year. Just looking ahead to next week, I suppose we'll switch focus back to football. Those uh, couple of games midweek, the start of the O'Connor Cup on Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock on the arena and the following evening then the Freshers taking on UUJ in the first of those round robin games in the Fresher Football Championship before that actually the Fresher B team will be out against UCD that game's going to throw in at half six with the Jordanstown game at about quarter past eight so a big week of football ahead of course we we'll not forget the Camogie Purcell Cup game at home on Monday evening I think throw in is at seven o'clock in that again at the dub we play some Padstrom Condra and as I've said earlier in the pod that's a, a pretty crucial game for Purcell Cup status so we'll be hoping that Joe Baldwin and his team have the the girls ready to go in that very very important game just a few things off the field to mention that uh, at the end of February we'll be honoring the 60 year jubilee uh, Sigerson cup winning team from Queens which of course included many greats who went on to win all Ireland's with Down and to represent their counties at the very very highest level so a very very special evening in store for all Queens and uh, just to announce I suppose at this stage that we will be recording something of a, an oral history of the 58 Sigerson Cup winning team on the evening with Jack Devenny, the chair of the Past Members Association chairing that and he'll be chatting to some of the, the heroes of that team and list, hearing their stories and what it was like playing football at university level all the way back in 1958 and I think that's going to be a really special moment for Queen's GAA only a few weeks after that, we're going to be looking at the restoration of the Macaulay Cup and instituting a women's version of that particular competition where a team of past members faces off against a team of current students. So plenty of opportunity to get involved if you're a recent graduate. If you miss wearing the green of Queen's, there should be an opportunity coming up in March and hopefully that will be a really special occasion up at the dub. So plenty to look forward to on and off the field over the next few weeks, particularly the start of those O'Connor Cup and Fresher Football Championships. So stay tuned ahead in the game for all of the latest news and views from us at Queen's GA. That's all for this week. Thanks.